if you don't have the right people on your property team, you could be leaving tens of thousands of dollars or maybe more on the table. Hi, I'm Jared Krauss. And I'm Sam Powell. And we're the hosts of Property Pals um, Australia. And in this episode, which is actually part one of two, because uh, it went so long, um, we discuss who you need on your, your property team and why. So um, we'll be obviously covering a few different points, but why the accountant is the first person that you um, need on your team and without the right accounting advice, you could be structuring your whole portfolio in a way that it really chokes your growth, right? And also the importance of an experienced solicitor um, and or conveyancer um, to help prevent you from buying a lemon basically and <laughs> overpaying um, for any unforeseen fees that you, um, you really never knew existed. Yeah, we also discussed like why the mortgage broker could be the most important person on your team to not only be able to increase your borrowing capacity, but enhance your cash flow and provide the ability to keep you buying more properties in your portfolio to keep scaling your portfolio. We also discussed why not all property managers are created equal, unfortunately, mm. <laughs> and why having the right one on your team will make you will make your investment journey just far more enjoyable. Now, there's so much in this podcast episode, just in part one alone. Mm. You guys are absolutely going to love it, so let's dive in. Welcome to Property Pals, the podcast where we share everything around how to build a property portfolio from researching areas, financing, structuring, buying, selling, and reinvesting to live a life of financial independence. As a disclaimer, any information shared by myself, Jared, Sam, and the Property Pals team is strictly general and should not be taken as constituting professional advice. You should consider seeking independent legal, financial, and taxation advice from a qualified professional. Cheers. Chin, chin, chin. I'm recording. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Healthy team in the morning. All right. Let's get in this pod. Audio. So what are we talking about? We're talking about your perfect team. Oh, let's build a team, your right? Property team, how to build it and why, and who you need, which is uh, really important actually in this um, day and age. There's a lot of information out there and I feel like people are getting a little bit clouded. There's a lot of savvy marketing people out there, marketing um, professionals who have very limited experience and people are getting you know, up shit creek sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, it's scary. Um, and I just, when you said team, I just remembered a mentor once shared with me a really good quote saying, if you don't have team, you don't have time. Ooh. And meaning that a lot of people try, I feel a lot of people try and do a lot of the in learning and education and investment or try and do all the pieces of the puzzle themselves, really. Yeah. And I was taught that, you know, if you want to do it right, you need to do it yourself and stuff like that. But I'm total opposite now. What are your thoughts? And I think that's probably a good thing to touch on yeah. like, before we get into it is like the mindset of like why use a professional versus trying to do it all yourself. What are your thoughts on that? Well, in regards to property, uh, there's some people that you just need, like say um, we've added a few things off mm. um, and they're, they're things you can't do you know, by yourself. So... An accountant's very handy and a mortgage broker and solicitor and conveyancer. Um, but when you're buying a property, you can do a few of those things yourself. Um, it's just 
fraught with danger and experience does teach a lot, right? So um, you can go and learn this whole new skill set on top of what you do every day for work mm. uh, and that, that, that takes time and then a lot of time. Um, if you're transacting on property, generally people in Australia transact once every 10 years. So you're learning a whole new, multiple whole new skill sets for one transaction that you're not going to do for another couple of years mm. or you know, 10, 10 years on average, right? So in that 10-year period, even in a two- or three-year period, the market's changed so much, even the, the way that our uh, like technology is evolving so fast, you're going to have to relearn that whole skill set in a few years for the next purchase, right? So um, utilising skilled professionals who do it day in, day out, you're going to leverage that time and that experience and you're going to reduce that risk. Isn't it wild to think that Ooh. sometimes, like, you want to have full control over the whole process it's at times, to, but it's good to know parts of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I just think it's. I just think a lot of people. I I, I ran into this like, why would you use a buyer's agent, right? And we, we'll touch on this through buyer's agent, but this is the same with any any sort of expert uh, that you can have on your team, and the same when I'm using people in business and on contractors, and and why would you use them? Well. They've got 20 years dedicated to learning that. They're in it all day, every day. And if I'm plumbing as a full-time plumber, like I was, how am I going to stay on top and be better than these guys? Like, yeah. and, then, and then you've got buying an investment property hmm. is a competitive landscape. So you're trying to play a game against you being the solo person, working it out, fumbling around, if I must say, when you try to do it yourself versus somebody that's in it every day. Who's going to win? Yeah, well, I can hands down say that, you know, I'll win. <laughs> yeah, um, I, mean, I agree. I'm not being yeah. too I mean, like egotistical, arrogant, all those words that people do say. But it's just when I'm in it day in, day out, I'm building relationships with agents in you know, pockets. Mm. Um, they know, like, trust me, and they know they're going to get a deal done. Um, if you're just a – even just a, if you're a serious buyer – you're still entering into a market that you have very limited experience in. Mm. Um, and, I mean, we see it day in, day out where I mean, we're coaching people on how to, how to work through this process and often they get in their own way. Um, and that's obviously understandable because there's a lot of people out there that have you know, done wrong by people, so they're a bit you know, burned. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, that's why we try and leave. We, we leave with education first because that's important and then, my whole goal generally, my philosophy is you know, teach them how to fish, you know? Yes, that's exactly um, how I started. And, and, then it's, and then it's for you to decide, hey, do I want to go fishing? Um, and based on what I've learned, is this fee um, going to pay for itself and more so um, if I go down this path? And also, what's your time worth? So in property, if we're in a you know, even a small growth um, period where it is rising, say one percent a month, mm. that's still a strong property market. So that's growing twelve percent growth per per year, right? Mm. On average, it sits around six to eight. I think the thirty year growth rate from CoreLogic was six point eight that came out over the last twenty years. So you know, based on that, too, if you're not transacting, say if you're finance ready and you're ready to transact on a property. In March, and you're waiting, you know, waiting till September to find, you know, to get that property to build that confidence. That's six months of growth that you've missed out, which is tens of thousands of dollars, right? Yes, really good point. Time is money. Yeah, so let's. <laughs> we keep doing this, don't we? We just keep rambling, but it's uh, 
that's valuable. Mm-hmm. That it's valuable to think about because it's we may see it as rambling. We may know it, right? Because we've lived it for a while. But for people that are here listening, it's like, oh yeah, okay, that's six months of growth that you miss out on. It's so important. So starting off with the property team, yes. who do like? Where do we go first? Like, let's go through the whole like start to finish on who you need prior to transacting and then also whilst you are going through the transaction and then also after transaction. We may need to split this podcast into two episodes because it's going to be a beast. But first and foremost, it's it's going to be based on finances, right? Like you say and everybody else says, you know, property is a game of finance with a few properties yeah, thrown in the right. middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, um, first things is... Obviously, we covered off um, getting all your budget in place in the, in the previous podcast. So, if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to those because um, that's obviously really important to get your financial house in order. Uh, and then, uh, the first one off the rank for me is an accountant. So, we all need an accountant. We do tax returns every year. Generally, they're a trusted advisor in your household who has no uh, beneficial interest to this transaction that you're about to go through. So, they're a really good voice of, I guess, clarity when. Um, you're making those you know, big financial life decisions like buying a property, whether it is an owner-occupier or an investment. Um, you know, I always like to you know, refer to a really good accountant. Um, obviously, at the end of this whole process, you know, we are connected with all these people involved. So if you um, have any questions or would like to be in contact with them, just reach out and I'm more than happy to provide you with a few different options for you to have a chat with. But yeah, yeah off, the, off the rank, have a good accountant because... They're going to help you guide um, your best on your purchasing entity um, or structure, which we call it. So what I mean by that is, are you buying this property in a trust, in a company, through your self-managed super or in your personal name? Your accountant is the licensed professional who's going to be able to give you that guidance, which is really important. Yeah, and we, we will have to get some of our team on here to chat with you guys um, yeah. and share, you know, different parts of the process on, on purchasing. But with the with the accountant and the structuring, like we're going to have to do another podcast on structuring, another full episode just on structuring to know whether you should buy in your personal name, buy in a trust, what that looks like for the future of the growth of your portfolio and how fast you can move or how much it might slow you down if you choose the wrong structure. Mm. So accounting is is the most vital step and we're going to get to that uh, in probably the next podcast after we do this two-part series, I guess. And yeah, just accounting, make sure you've got a good one. Um, if you want somebody that's really good with property, like we can share you know, our, our team as well. So Yeah, so that's number one. It's going to rattle through them and... Um see where this process goes but once you understand <clears throat> what entity and what structure you're buying in that's when you go to your mortgage broker mm-hmm. um, because that's the first question they're going to ask you and that's going to also hinder you know borrowing capacity your borrowing capacity yeah. is through a company a trust or a personal density for example um, so yeah mortgage broker very important and it's very important to find a good mortgage broker it's it's like probably the most Oh, I don't know. We'd have to we'd have to weigh up what's more important: buyer's agent versus mortgage broker versus solicitor. solicitor. There's even yeah. yeah. property manager. They're Pro- really important too. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, mortgage broker. There's a few things that you'd need to do to select a good mortgage broker, and we'll get some mortgage brokers on. Yeah, yeah. The people that we work with, 
listen to this podcast and <laughs> coming for you. They're hungry to get on. They're just like, oh, what? Like, I need to come and chat. Yeah, we all like sharing knowledge. But yeah. um, what I really want to try and cover with the mortgage broker and Jared has been through a few himself. Um, and that was because you know, you've purchased through multiple different entities as well. So there's mm. different specialists for different entities. Mm. And you can appreciate the, uh, the quality that you deal with, right? I think it's also really good to compare a couple because your style might suit another, like you might connect better with a different mortgage broker um, in your communication. And yeah, like there's, you got each, like you're going to get a mortgage broker for commercial deals. You might go for a different one oh. that, for resi, right? Yeah. And yeah, that's that's pretty important. So, what else are we looking for in a in a mortgage broker? Well, I've got a few points in my head. So, not all are created equal. Obviously, um, in order to become a mortgage broker, it's a diploma uh, certificate that um, you know, might take a couple of months to complete. So, the barrier to entry is not that high. Mm. Um, as a mortgage broker, you have to sit under another um, licensed broker for two years uh, once you get that qualification to get those experience. So, um, I generally say to clients, look. They need to have at least four years experience because they've got enough um, knowledge at that point um, and they've also been around for at least a few years because the industry, like the, the, the fallout rate generally happens within a few years. Mm. So uh, minimum four years experience on that front and it's really important to have them, as we are just talking about, experienced in your strategy. Uh, so if you're looking for a residential under your personal name, obviously there's a person for that. If it's under a trust structure, there's a person for that. Doing commercial, there's person for that. So, mm. um, and the reason why is that not um, one broker can be across you know, multiple different loan products. I mean, there's thousands of different um, loan products out there, and generally, um, they special they specialize in a certain few products with um, bank business development managers. So they've got those strong relationships to help get those good um, deals over the line in a quicker time. So mm. um, they're really valuable, and they also have done a day in day out so they know what comes next so they can coach you through that process and it definitely eases your i guess um, anxiety when you're paying hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars for property right yeah they they basically babysit you through the process because they tell you this is what you need and when you need it and how you need to present it to us as a mortgage broker they basically get all your your stuff and I'm saying stuff in air quotes here because you've with our finances, personal finances, it's everywhere. It's all over the shop typically for everyone. And yeah, they try they have to they've got a pretty crazy job. They've got to get it all put together mm-hmm. and presentable for the bank to go, yeah, this this human's worth and where they're at, we we can lend to them. Uh, also I think the value in in a mortgage broker, finance broker is I think you're crazy not to use one because oh. when you go and if you're just going to go straight to the bank and try to do it all yourself, you're going to get pushed to the back of the queue in terms of getting pre-approval versus a lender, a mortgage broker linking up with a lender that they speak to regularly. They can get it done in two weeks yeah, or, yeah, or less sometimes. Diversity of products too. So if you go into a bank, I mean, I've worked for a bank yeah. and they've got products but they're not – not always the best products Um, and yeah it's always good to shop around and the mortgage broker what makes them so great and why they're they're 
participation rate is rising dramatically. I think close to 90% of loans are now done through a mortgage broker. So, wow. um, you know, it, it's, a, it's a free service for the, uh, the, the client in that sense because they get paid by the banks. So they take a commission on whatever loan right that they do. Um, and there's a few different things about that that people don't understand as well. So you've got to be, you know, people misunderstand the broker's position uh, and the time and effort it goes into getting that loan across the line because if you refinance and change to a different bank within 12 months, they get their commission clawed back, uh, as you know, when we're talking about that one. I smile, <laughs> I smile and laugh because I did not know this and I was like, oh, I want a better deal. And... Uh, I changed mortgage brokers, by, and I just had no idea. And uh, my old mortgage broker called me up and was like, dude, what the hell? And I was very regretful. So that's a mistake on my part. Maybe a mistake, but also I did get a better deal somewhere else. And that's also to say, well, yeah, that, that first one, um, I, wouldn't, I wasn't aware of who it was. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, you... It's a shame that happened to him, but at the same time, it's like, well, you know, if you can be better at your job and yeah. build better better service, and it wasn't just the, the rate, it was also the communication from memory. Yeah, yeah, it was. And that's, he called, when he called me up, he, he asked for my feedback, and um, I said, dude, I'm just going to give you straight up constructive criticism and constructive feedback because that's what I ask from everybody in my business. Like, why, why are we crap? Like, why do we suck? Tell us, please. I really want to know so we can fix that. So I was just straight up with him and he's like, yeah, through that process, the communication with somebody he did put on was not great at the time. And I just don't think they really understood. Like I try to communicate my goals in how I wanted to grow my property portfolio for the long term. And I just and they just wanted me to go with a, a big four bank for a good platform, which I understand, but it was also going to restrict me as well moving forwards um, and getting future lending. So that's a really really important thing to to get is like sometimes the brokers might communicate yeah i get where you're at and i'll do this for you and then they you get this product this loan product that's like oh wow like that's going to hinder my borrowing capacity in well, the future for yeah. maybe property three or four yeah, and so you obviously through the coaching process understood that but joe public i mean they're so busy with their day-to-day lives they don't think they just go in they expect to Every yeah. mortgage broker is the same. They, they turn their screen around and they see all the different products and you get to maybe pick which one you want. Um, but it doesn't <laughs> just end there because there's multiple different aggregators. So, yeah, um, yeah it's just it's one of those things as we talked about. You don't know what you don't know. So mm. now you know. <laughs> now I know. Yeah, and I felt I did feel bad. And, yeah, he missed out on his commission and they did a lot of work. Yeah. It, but at the same time, it's wasn't exactly the perfect fit for me too so yeah so the general rule is first 12 months if you refinance um, they pull all their commission back from them um after 12 months they pull half after two years they can't pull any of it so yeah um i always say it's always good to look at your your mortgage rate every 12 months anyway just to see if there's better deals um but if you are doing that within that 12 month period it's good to go back to the broker that you initially went through and build that relationship with because then they can get that commission um, on the refinance so it's no real sweat off their, their back. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's just worth every time, like this is what I've learned with mortgage brokers is every time I speak to them, it's worth me reiterating what my goals are 
because the amount of people that they deal with that have different goals is they just put us into a category of like, yep, cool, I get it. You want to buy a residential property. It's just the same, you know, your you know, cookie cutter approach. Every one size fits all. And I get what you're up to and I know what you need to do and I'm the expert here. So um, I'll do it how it's supposed to be done. And I think it's worth every time just, I mean, sometimes you might sound a bit like annoying, but if they don't really know where you're at, then they're not going to not gonna do those nuanced changes or look at different things they could do in the strategy to set you up for the long-term thinking with the end in mind. Yeah, it's a good point. Well, <laughs> like on uh, average, probably like people that buy an investment property, uh, you know, they, they get to one. Mm. Like 90, 95% of people get to one. get past one. Don't yeah. get past one, right? So whilst everyone has these intentions, they say these things to them, um, they're also super busy at the moment. Uh, most mortgage brokers are off their feet. What's crazy because through COVID, it was just slowed down so much mm. because there was so much volume going through and then also the amount of times that rate the rates had changed through 2022 Mortgage brokers, unfortunately, like having to fight so much to re reassess each application. Yeah, so people, crazy. people are going, oh, my mortgage has gone up, you know, <laughs> 4% and I'm, I'm like $900 a month extra and what can I do? And people are you know, like good on them for actually standing up and saying, hey, I want a better rate because, mm. I mean, you can negotiate your mortgage rate lower as well. And, um yeah. I mean, there's a YouTube video of me out there in the uh, in the EOS somewhere <laughs> talking about how you can negotiate them down. And um, if you don't want to get on the phone and call the bank yourself, um, you can go to your, your trusted broker and they can you know twiddle the back end, and that also saves you time as well. Um, I just to mention that one, they can do their effort and it saves you maybe two two hours on the phone. Yeah, um, I actually literally did that three weeks ago. It was just two property, my two properties that I've got. I was like, let's get this sorted. And I, I even because I had settled on one, what, what was that? Three months ago? Yeah. Yeah, I settled on three months ago and I was just cheeky and I said to him, look, I don't know if it's too early to look at like asking for a better rate. Uh, and he's like, let's give it a go. And um, yeah. Uh, it wasn't much less. We got less, but it wasn't much less. I can't remember because it was two of them we did. Yeah, yeah. It's always good, especially after that hiking cycle. It was high though. It was. It's still high. Higher than too high. It's always too high. <laughs> Thanks. Well, I'm on interest. I'm on interest only for both of those, so it's more than what people are paying P and I. Yeah, and that's a strategy yeah. for for Jared too. So, mm. um, I mean, we'll talk about strategies in another session. Yeah, but interest only, principal interest, very common questions which we can break down, but. Um, in general, it came down to Jared's aggressive strategy because his you know, his risk um, tolerance is, uh, given your age, is around that high level. So mm. we're able to go hard and fast and need that extra bit of cash flow to accumulate through these younger years. Yeah, uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll touch base on that um, in, in a lot more depth. So yeah. I don't want to get I'm sidetracked because mortgage brokers are really great. So I got account mortgage brokers. The next one is a solicitor and conveyancer. Yes. Now. Um, yeah. I kind of do feel sorry for some of them, uh, the conveyances and solicitors. Like, what's the difference? Well, solicitors obviously uh, a licensed legal professional, and a conveyance specialises in that um, uh, contract law, property mm-hmm. contract law. Mm-hmm. So, um, for property transactions, all you really do need is a very experienced conveyancer on that front. Um, but if they're a solicitor slash conveyancer as well, it's you know, best of both worlds. So let's 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 just talk about that. 
elephant in the room, solicitor, conveyancer, what's the difference? Like, uh, one's spent more time at uh, university studying, <laughs> um, but the experience there was like a lot of soliciting, solicitor uh, companies, they have like a conveyancing section of their firm and generally they have a conveyancer underneath them that does the, the legwork anyway. So what, so what does a conveyancer do and what does a solicitor do? Well, what, what's like, what does a, what does a solicitor do that a conveyancer can't do, I should say? Oh, geez, we should get a solicitor on because I don't want to put words in their mouth. Yeah, but they yeah. generally do the same thing when it comes to a property transaction. Um, it depends on their level of experience, and that's both solicitor and conveyancer because they can put in, they, they know certain clauses that are important to um, put in a contract. Mm. Um, and that's also with when you're doing you know, deals as well. If you're doing it personally, you might, like one of the deals that we, we went through, um, there was a bit of time pressure that um, I put on the selling agent. <laughs> and uh, I did that in order to create that uh, fear of loss of a potential purchase on this property and um, we did a really fast transaction. It was over the weekend. The settlement period was... was, was not, the, the settlement period was really tight. But the initial my broker almost said, <laughs> you can piss off, mate. There's no way. Yeah. He's like, almost sent me to another broker. He but wasn't we, happy, yeah. but... We, we, we got a better deal because of it, so thanks. Yeah, and the, the clause, the key clause in there was, uh, you know, the, basically the whole contract was null and void until a solicitor has looked over it. Yeah. Um, and so we had our ducks in a row. So you had, you get out clauses and um, the agent had the, the seller that was just, you know, keen to, to move on it. And um, it was over the weekend, so we got that deal done. And that's another strategy for... I guess another day. Yeah, um, so many of them. But it was it was really good, um, and we got a, an amazing price. I mean, we just obviously did a little comparable, and in three months, it's lifted what sixty thousand dollars. So. Yeah, so woo, that was good. Yeah, <laughs> um, absolutely nailed that one. But yeah, um, difference between those two, um, like it's just experience for me personally. Um, I always say, similar to a mortgage broker, like you want at least four years experience mm -hmm. um, from that front, um, and it also depends on you know what structure and what property you're purchasing so having the experience in that um, that property type and that uh, purchasing structure is really important so you're interviewing them basically uh, on your selection at that stage and the reason why I'm saying you know I do feel sorry for them sometimes is because they're often used as a reactionary um, service so people go and find a property they go to contract and they then they go like, Help me. oh I need a solicitor conveyancer um, yeah. There's a couple that I work with that, that that's obviously they specialize in that. So um, the turnaround time is really quick yeah. and it's all digital, so it's fantastic. But um, uh, I'd like to at least give them a bit of a heads up to say, hey, I'm looking to buy a property, just giving a heads up, this is you know what I'm looking at. So they, they're kind of anticipating it's coming through. They're in end. their client portal and yeah. they know, yeah. And then when it does come through, they, they appreciate that you give them a heads up, so they're going to be more inclined to pick up your file and get it done if there is urgency on that front. Yeah. So yeah. that's why I say just reach out to and pick your solicitor and conveyancer so you can you know, act with speed. I guess with the different regions and different states, it might be different who you might go with as well, right? I know that my property in WA, um, I just went with like a local there because I was, was told that that's probably the best way to go. Yep. Um, but the the other purchase I went with a just I think they would 
specific to Queensland or they have a, they have different people in their team that can do different areas. So what's the, I guess, why would you go with, I know the answer, but why would you go with somebody uh, for, for a different area for a different reason, for a different property? Because they, they're doing the transactions in that state with the so laws. regularly. In the yeah. laws, they understand it. Um, if you're getting you know, your conveyancer who's you know, based in Queensland to yeah. do your contract over at WA, they might miss certain you know, state-based laws and um, clauses that they you know, might not know about. So, yeah, definitely try and um, find that. And that's also the hard part too. And you know, when you're building out your team, um, having access to people who know where to point them in the right direction, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, mm-hmm. um, is really important. So, yeah. Conveyances, solicitor, um, get them on your team, just give them a heads up, pick them before you, you know, pick your property. Yeah. That's probably the tip. And yeah. then uh, the other one that I want to talk about is a property manager. Yes. Why are they important? Why? Why are they important? Because they can make your life so much better. Yes. Especially when you, even in like in investing, right? So um, at the moment, or well, the past few years, there's been a big rise of utilizing property managers and they're starting to bring on um, like uh, business development managers for these property managers to these like uh, nationwide or these large-scale buyers agents. So yeah. I've got a few connections with um, buyers agents in different local government areas around Australia and they're just they're really proactive and great. They, they want to bring on new service because they know that we can provide multiple property management opportunities for them. So yeah. they go in, they inspect the property for you. Yeah. Um, they provide feedback. So they will inspect the property like when you're going through settlement. Which oh, is they, really they can cool. do a pre-purchase um, inspection. Yeah. So you say, hey, I'm in, interested in this property. When they do a rental appraisal, right? Yeah, you, go, you send yeah. them in, give me a rental appraisal and, on this property and let me know your thoughts on it. Yeah. And there's a double-edged sword with that too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just thinking of some biased agents. Yeah, yeah. Well, Property managers, just say. It's, it's in their best, like... Devil's advocate, it's in their best interest to say, yep, this property is great because I don't want to go and inspect another four more for you, Jared. I just want you to get this one done. Um, So give me that listing and and move on. Um, And then the other side of the argument is, well, they don't want to inherit a limit of a property with multiple issues and also um, in a poor area that's going to have high tenancy turnover or issues with tenants. Yeah. So, yeah. Also... I think about somebody that's, if I'm going to buy a property, investment property that is in a different state far away from me and I get a rental appraisal from the property manager that's already managing the property, oh, it's yeah. in their best interest as well to be like, yep, no, this is an awesome property. So you need to take some of the advice, like any advice, I guess, most advice with a grain of salt. Um, and also... The rates for property managers. People typically, when we're starting out, we want to do things on the cheap, and I get it. But pay peanuts, you get money. Yes, exactly. And with that, you it can be a more frustrating process of owning a property if you don't have a good property manager because you're not paying the best money, and they'll put more responsibility on you as the owner versus the them. And I prefer to pay more for a good property manager. So they send me an email, this has happened, I'm like, cool, sort it out. They've already got quotes from three different people when this, you know, plumbing thing needs to be fixed. And um, I don't need to I don't need to have any capacity, brain capacity on what happens because I, I've just factored that 
costs is a part of my maintenance as well. That's what you're paying for too. Yeah. Every week. But uh, yeah, they're a useful source, um, but similar, like, there's a very high, like, not all product managers create equal, probably what we should call this podcast. <laughs> uh, but uh, they there's a high turnover in product management. So um, it's a very, uh, I'd say, difficult what job. What do you mean by high turnover? Do you mean that people... Staff retention, people... Like in their in their actual agency, their property management agency, or do you mean that people that own the property decide to use a different manager oh, more regularly? Um, no, generally the property managers um, in their agency they have high turnover of workers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They either the, it's not the funnest job, is it? <laughs> it's, it's it's difficult. Uh, I mean, <laughs> uh, I've got a few friends. We love you guys, managers. property managers. Thank you. Yeah. Um, it's just like the commercial sense of it. Once again, it's it's a pretty low barrier to entry. Um, so there's you know a lot of competition. That's why their fees are you know, around that. You know, at the moment, they're sort of range between six to eight percent. Yeah, depends how hard you can negotiate. Um, and that's another thing you can do with them is negotiate their fees down. But as Jared said, just be mindful mm. of um, you know what you're actually sacrificing because if you negotiate too hard and screw them down, then They'll just say yes and put you in the books and then you know, they might not service you appropriately. Imagine, I th- the way I think about that is like, they're working for you, those property managers. Imagine if you run a business and you have an employee and you go, hey, you know, I'm paying you 100 bucks an hour, but like, can we do it for 80? <laughs> Imagine their output on the tasks. They're going to be like, are you joking? Yeah, well, another negotiation tactic with uh, the property managers is I get three different quotes yeah. um, from different property managers. This is when you have yeah. about to settle on the property. Yeah. Oh, about when you found a property and you can say, um, or even if you've got a property under contract. Well, you can get three different rental appraisals prior to yeah. Yeah, prior to putting an can, offer on. Yeah, do it. I mean, with the going back to the property managers can inspect your investment property you know, prior to purchasing it, mm. I'm still a massive advocate for. You're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars. You should fly there or drive there and see yourself. You know, to each their own. Uh, I'll leave it at that. But I mean, for the time and effort, I'd still personally go and do it. Yeah. Um, there are people out there that advocate for just using property managers, and I mean, yeah, to each their own. You might have done it a few times and be more comfortable with it, but hey, I'll uh, just leave it at that point because. Yeah, everybody, everybody, you got to do what makes you feel good and, yeah. and, and happy. Yeah, and I get it too. Like, you get a property value walking through there, you get a building and pest inspector, you get a property manager, you get the sales agent giving you the uh, you know, video walkthrough. The technology is fantastic. These it's days, amazing. So. Yeah, and that's thanks to COVID, having people having to do that when buying property through COVID. Yeah. Like, there was, you know, you're not inspecting properties through COVID. I've got a, a business idea for everyone. <laughs> Guys, take it. We've got thousands of these things. Put like VR goggles on and you can actually imagine just walking through any property at any time and you can inspect it yourself. It's a live thing. That'd be pretty cool. Let's go prop tech. Realestate.com.au. Shout out to you guys. You, you guys got to get this thing sorted for us. Yeah. But anyway, um, Going back to product managers, yeah, uh, great source of, of knowledge and because they're local to the area, they're, they're very knowledgeable on, you know, what are the good topics and what to look out for and um, market rates, current yeah, market rates. market rates. Market rates. And also, by getting an experienced uh, product manager who's been in it for multiple years, 
you're not going to have that risk of um, basically turnover. So just an example, uh, one of the properties I purchased a few years back, um, I went through and found a really great property manager and this is a lesson I learned too and um, we were signed up to a two-year agreement at the stage. The property manager was amazing and um, the, she ended up getting poached from a different property management business and because it was a two-year agreement, so I'd say only try to sign up to at least a 12-month lease agreement with any one agency. Um, so she got poached, she left. I was given a junior property manager to manage my business and I found out later she was the admin girl who got promoted to my property. Oh, no. She was lovely, don't get me wrong. But yeah, but she hasn't got experience. No, she hasn't got experience. And then she left. So I went through three managers basically in a 18-month period and at that stage I reached out to the initial manager that I had interviewed and done all the work with and um, it got to a point where she basically um, said we negotiated, look, I've got three months less of this. If you pay out the um, the fee that's mm. involved with you know, having um, leaving that one company and going to yours, I'll go with you. So they paid the the fee out. Great. Well, basically, they gave me three months free uh, management, yeah. and then I paid the other bit out, and then yeah, move on. So good on you. Good lesson, um, but and it's not your fault because you didn't know. Well, yeah, you do all the things, but um, it's not the end of the world either. You just end up managing your manager more. Well, that's right, and that's the thing worth why it's worth paying a manager like you don't want to manage your manager but also at the same like a good manager is going to have good communication with the person the tenants and that's gonna stop like they a bad manager will be like oh they've, they've said this and they bring it bring every time they bring what the tenant has said about the property to you versus a good manager will be like they would know how to diffuse the situation and make sure that the tenant is happy without you having to ever be involved. Yeah. 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 So those product managers work. Well, well, that is it for part one of this podcast series episode on who you actually need on your property team. In part two, stay tuned for this because it's going to be super valuable. We're talking about buyer's agents. Do you actually need one? And if you do, how to do your DD on them and why it's important to do your DD on them because there are a lot of rookies out there. We also talk about how to choose the right property valuer and why to use a property valuer to prevent overpaying for a deal. We also talk about the right building and pest inspector, how you can choose them. We also talk about a quantity surveyor and how they can save you money through tax depreciation. And then we move on to talking about using a town planner and an engineer. So there's so much value in part two. You guys are gonna absolutely love it. So stay tuned and we'll see you on that one soon.